What's happening, Reraw Nation? Welcome to an interview session that we've got going on with a very special guest from the other side of the world in New Zealand. Uh, I've got Tim Webb with us here today. How are you, man? James, I'm bloody awesome, dude. Thanks for I having me. Well, coming from uh, coming from New Zealand, I can only assume that you know the the toilets flushed the wrong way, so everything in real estate is probably totally backwards. But uh, Tim Which is no the right way. <laughs> one was backwards we may figure it out during this interview but uh folks thanks for uh thanks for joining us today uh, i'm i'm actually really really uh blessed tim and i had a very um tim we kind of met in a funny way over facebook and i i just yeah, happened to run into a, a comment that tim had made and it struck a chord with me and i i terrifyingly went over to facebook message uh, messenger and uh, right after i friend requested you and said hey hey man thanks for uh accepting the friend request and it was funny because it, it you know it's, i feel like in today's world especially in real estate as soon as you do that the the next question is what are you selling me bro and, that's uh, exactly isn't, isn't that what happened isn't it, that what it i totally said? is and tim was like yeah thanks man so i see i see you're an agent and you know maybe you do some marketing or something what's your gig and i was like oh no man i really to be honest with you, I just liked your uh, your comment, and it struck a chord with me, and I wanted to chat with you more. And and uh, lo and behold, it's it's led to uh, what I think is uh, the start of a great friendship, and and uh, I think saw it's some the beginning, value. It's the beginning of a beautiful thing, my friend. Yeah. See, and <laughs> and if nothing else, I'm hoping uh, at the very least I can pick up a little bit of that uh, that wonderful accent, and uh, you know, just give my wife another reason to stay with me for forever. So, yeah, um, I'll give you all the hacks you need, man. <laughs> well, well tim's uh tim's coming coming to uh, us today from new zealand like i said and um give us some insight into tomorrow because it's already a day ahead of where we are and uh but tim is not only a real estate agent but the founder of a, a company called agent of change which i'm very excited to uh kind of dive into and talk a little bit more about uh tim has an expertise in not only being able to sell homes but teaching agents also how to do the same thing and from a, a place of authenticity and so very grateful to have you and um Tim, if you Thanks, don't mind, Tim. just do me a quick favor and and mm. maybe fill our our listeners in on the human side of you. Forget real estate for a minute. Yeah, bring in the human element and kind of round out this uh, sure, this dude. rough character. Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm 54 years old. Um, I'm I'm yeah. For the past eight years, I've been a real estate agent. Uh, prior to that, I was a hair hairdresser. 33 years in the game, I had a a salon um, in a local, in one of the local ritzy area suburbs here in Auckland. And I'm a creative by heart and not an academic. I failed miserably at school. In fact, I left school thinking I was a dummy and honored that for about 12 years until I literally stumbled upon a wily old walrus wearing stash um, by the name, direct response marketer by the name of um, Dan Kennedy. And um, I discovered my calling. And uh, so he's, he's by and large, um, a, I'm a disciple of Dan's and he is, he's always got something awesome to say. He's grumpy as fuck, (laughs) but he's, he's, he's got great, great value to give to anybody who runs a, runs a small to medium enterprise who wants to position themselves uniquely and do it in a way that is authentic as you talk about. So I like that. So, you know, coming from that place of authenticity and, um, you know, being a, being a hairdresser for, 
as long as you had been, what was kind of, I was actually going to ask you this question later, but I'm going to pull it forward. Um, what was kind of the idea of you getting into real estate? Where, where did you go from inspiration from Dan Kennedy and the stuff you were learning there yeah, to jumping okay. and saying, I should sell yeah. houses? Mm. So in the early 2000s, mate, I was broke and in debt. This is, I still had the salon. Um, but um, my wife, had, my, my previous wife had had a couple of kids. We were down to one income. I was doing all the work. We were struggling, dude. So I threw, I, I went and did a, um, a real estate investing weekend with um, a local crowd here. You spend four and a half K going to learn how to buy real estate at a, at a discount. Yep. And um, learn how to give agents shit, you know, and, and really um, take their whole process apart because they're so unintegrative. They're so they're so much full of their own bullshit that they they can't help themselves, right? And so I did. I learned learned how to buy real estate at a discount back in the early two thousands. So I bought my first home after you know obviously you got to go out and lowball, right? So I went out and lowballed first <laughs> sixty or seventy properties, mate. You know nothing, but man, I built myself a reputation with agents. <laughs> I bet you did. I did, man. So, um, long story short, I bought my first house um, as soon as I as soon as it was um, as soon as we'd paid for it in full. Um, I had it revalued. Well, I had it valued, and I bought it fifty thousand dollars under market value, which was pretty cool. So it was a three bedroom up one bedroom down. So two separate units, good cash flow on a huge piece of land. And um, I bought that for $360,000. It valued at 410, which was amazing. So that's a, that's a significant amount of money. So I recycled that three months later and bought another one at a discount. All right. After the second one, I sold the second one, paid off all of my debt. But I realized after the second one that I was traveling an unsustainable path, mate, because it didn't sit well with me. Because in order for me to win, somebody else had to lose. Mm. And that was, that was not acceptable to me anymore. So and, can you define that really quick? And, and uh, yeah, so and, and it's I want like, you to complete it, but how, how is that person losing? That person is losing because they sold their property at a discount. Okay. And, and you knew they were going to do that and you no. talked them into it or what? No, no. So mm. we have auctions are very strong down here, right? So we do a lot of auctions, auctioning property. And this particular property did not have a title and because it was being subdivided, cut in half, and the back part was being developed, and the front part was being left with the house. Okay. And, and so um, it didn't attract a lot of purchases at the auction, right? Because, in fact, it didn't attract any because there's no title. People can't buy it and move in. So the agents were doing this person, uh, their client, a major disservice um, because they were just thinking about themselves and a transaction rather than looking after the client and nurturing, them th nurturing the client through to the process of getting the title, then marketing the property with full title and then its, it's, and its full value. Okay. But they didn't do that. They came after the auction. They said, is there anybody here who wants to make an offer? And I go, yeah, me. And um, I knew that the houses, similar type houses, were selling for three thirty, three forty in the street. So I offered them two seventy five. Got it. And and so 
Um, we'll go inside and check that with the owner. Mate, the, the auctioneer came out and said, I'm sorry, but they're not going to take 275. Would you take, would you pay 285? And I went, me are you shitting me? Yes, mate, I was, but, but just, but check the, check, is that agent working for his client? Absolutely fucking not. And so, and so her agents let them, let her down that day. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, I didn't get the distinction until months on. I bought the property six months after down the track, um, borrowed the deposit from the bank against my, you know, equity. Okay. Yeah. And, and waited till the, the uh, title was all sorted. And then I, I bought and sold it on the same day for like a 40 or $50,000 profit. Got it. Yeah. It was amazing. Cleared okay, all my so, you, so are you familiar with wholesaling? That's basically what wholesaling is? Yeah. Okay. So that's, so you kind of, you, you basically, you bought it. You were never going to live in it. You mm-hmm. got it at a cheap price and you had already found a buyer that would buy it for more. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you basically took the wholesaling tactic, but getting back to where you were going with this is that didn't sit well with you. No, it didn't because I don't know about the United States, but here, mate, agents have taken advantage of homeowners for a long, long time and pull the wool over their eyes on many occasions. Is that a, is that a phrase you're familiar with? Yeah. Pull the wool over their eyes? Uh-huh. Um, and so I just don't think that that's fucking right, man. And yep. you don't have to shaft somebody to get ahead in life. And... Um, and while I know that some, it's, I mean, it's all, it's, it all depends on how you view your, your world, your worldview and how you view life. And for me, though, it just didn't look like an integrative way to do business. And so I, I stopped doing it. Sure. Carried on with hairdressing for a while. And then my clients, all of my clients, man, not all of them, but like probably a good portion of them saying, because I was telling them I was thinking about getting out of real estate and they, they said, um, oh, sorry, getting out of hairdressing. They said, why don't you be an agent? You'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I knew what I'd be getting into because I knew the industry. Sure. So having, having traveled through it a bit with my um, ventures. But um, yeah, long story short. Oh, well, wow, I've made it a bit long. Sorry, mate. I rambled a bit. Well, let's talk. Let's take that to another level then. So yep. you decide that real estate is the path for you and you're going to jump into it and mm-hmm. you know what you're going to be getting into. And yep. I, I would argue that a lot of people don't actually know what they're getting into in real estate. They love this oh. idea. It's like this sexy, like, cool, I get to sell this really expensive yeah. product and I can make a ton of money and get shit rich and like, and just, you know, be swimming in my dollars. But like, what is it that, what is it knowing what you knew about real estate, knowing from the investor st- side of things and having mm-hmm. that perspective, what was it about getting into real estate as an agent that like that you were so arrogant to say, man, I could be different. I'm going to, I'm going to serve my clients differently and I can be successful because what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'd had, a, I had a good grounding and direct response and copywriting and you, you know, that's you know, and that was for marketing my salon, right? And so I just transposed that, or trans, yeah, and transposed that over to real estate, and it gave me an unfair advantage right out of the gate. Um, in, in doing that, just with the way that you were marketing and how you were Correct. going about it, yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I'm not because I'm not interested in blending in, and I knew when I was getting into the into the industry that 
momentum is, you know, everything. So you have to, it's going to be tough for the first month to, turned out, mate, I was lucky I managed to join a company, the biggest company in Auckland here, um, where they pay you a salary for the first six months. Wow. Yeah. So that was awesome, man. But it also made me lazy, you know, didn't make me hungry. And so on the seventh month, I made my first sale. That sounds you know? about right. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Now, to be clear, it was a salary, not a draw. Correct. Okay. And for our listeners, let me define that. So I come from a, the corporate America sales world. Okay. And in some sales positions as, a, as an outside sales rep, meaning you're not sitting on the phone in an office, you're out in the field working with your accounts. It's not uncommon for companies as you are taking over a territory or going into an expansion product, maybe delivering a new product to the market, it's not uncommon for them to pay what's called a draw. So for easy numbers, let's say that you took on an outside position and it was a 100% commission, but they were going to give you a $50,000 draw. What it means is, is they're going to pay you as if you are on salary for the year for that $50,000. So every month, you're going to get a paycheck, 50000 divided by 12, and they're going to pay you as if you're a salaried employee. But at the end of 12 months, if you don't, if you don't exceed, if you don't hit or exceed the $50,000, then you have to actually pay it back. You have to pay back the delta. So the draw is because they want you in this startup position, if you will. So this is kind of what, uh, why, why some agencies like what Tim's talking about would pay a salary. Uh, is to give you kind of an opportunity to, you know, get going in that lag time. So you have that opportunity to really like pull the slingshot back and aim properly to, mm. to get yourself off the ground. But in this particular case, for clarity purposes, you were paid an actual salary. So there was no expectation of paying that back, whether you made money or not. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, mate. It was great. And it, so then you quit it- and then sign up again. For your next six months, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it, well, it's 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 it was called the accelerator program, and okay. um, it was designed for people who have demonstrated excellence in sales previously in other careers, right? Got it. And so, so there was criteria to meet. You couldn't just oh, be, yes, you, you know, no, John you Doe off the street and no, come in and be no, like, no. "Hey, I'm here for my salary." Yeah. <laughs> and um, and we got the special training. Um, frankly, I don't think it was that special. Um, you know, yeah. I because I've learned a lot about marketing and rah 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 rah. And it was and it was like it was okay, but it was yeah, it wasn't. I'm grateful though. I had the first six months salary because it just took the pressure off. Yeah, you know, getting take going from one career to another. There's always a lag time, and there's always, you know, getting the train out of the station takes effort. But once you have the momentum. It's just like a big locomotive rolling down the track. Yeah. Mm. Now, I'm a believer that every every agent kind of walks into this career with their strengths, right? I mean, we all have our, our package of strengths and weaknesses that we have, right? And a lot of people spend time uh, trying to strengthen their weaknesses because perhaps what, they, what they're already good at isn't what they think is going to produce uh, income for them. Can we talk about... Uh, well, first of all, I want to I want to hear your extension of that. Do you, do you feel that agents uh, should should come into this business and focus on a specific type of marketing, even if they're not good at it? Should they be kind of forcing their way into a specific kind of marketing? You just like, in other words, 
if I said, uh, hey, Tim, welcome to real estate. Um, whether you're great at this or terrible at it, I can tell you right now, the one thing you better get good at fast is this thing. Do you mm. think that agents need to force themselves down a certain path to be successful? And if so, what does that look like? Yes, I do. Um, I, I feel like I'm articulating this question terribly. So uh, no, no, that's okay. So um, I had, but I had ideas and words jumping around in my mind when you were talking. So I'll just try and <laughs> try and get it out, mate. Get us out of but, the weeds. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, um, long story short, yes, you do have to. It's like anything, man. You get out of it what you put into it, and often. It's the things we think we know, what we assume, mm -hmm. can be can be a com completely the opposite. And I'm all about honouring your strengths and not your weaknesses. By the way, okay. I, um, for the first forty five years of my life, man, I I really didn't have a high opinion of myself, and. It wasn't until I started honoring my own gifts, talents, and people started seeing value in that, that I was like, hmm, this is good. Yeah. You know, I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, and, and I'm, and I'm all, of a, all of a sudden I'm seeing, you know, people are taking notice of what I'm doing. And because being unique in your marketplace Absolutely, uh, categorically, as a must-have. If you want to look like every other agent, by all means, go ahead and do that. Sure. However, you can't expect to have people have the holy grail of real estate, which is homeowners, ringing you up and saying, Tim, can you please list my house? No, no competition from other agents. It's like they call you. And they say, Tim, please come and list my house. I'm, I'm ready to sell. That's the holy grail, right? Absolutely. The inbound yeah, call. Of course. And I've not had to make one of those in the past 18 months to two years. An outbound call, that is. Yeah. So, um, and so uniqueness is everything. And if you can identify and acknowledge what your uniqueness is as a person, what you're good at, your strengths, like I'm good at, um, music. I'm good at singing. I'm good at writing. I'm good at storytelling. I'm good at writing ad copy. I'm a creative dude, and and and, and all of that embellishes, you know. Yeah. And so I honour that person, and far out, dude. It's fucking awesome, man. Because so many serendipitous things happened when I started doing that. It's because I just felt like I was on the right road which is the road less traveled for me. You know, that's the road I always take is the road less traveled. That's, you know, it's more fun there. It's better to travel down a backcountry road <laughs> than it is to travel down, the, down a highway. There's always much, much more to see, do and learn, you know, and you have to make the effort in life. You cannot just show up and expect shit to happen. So let me so, ask you, let me ask you so, a couple of things. So you've got to make it easy on yourself. And so yep. making it easy on yourself requires that you, honor who you are and your strengths. So you honor who you are and what your strengths are. And so let me, uh, because I, because I brought us into these weeds and, and, uh, did a terrible job setting up my question here. Let me ask, uh, I'm going to go down the list, a couple of things with you and you tell me 
is this required to be good and yep. successful financially as an agent or not? Yeah, good. Go. Does an agent Hit have me. to be- Hit me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Does an agent have to be good at cold calling people on the phone? No. Does an agent have to be an, excep- an exceptional door knocker and just face-to-face hand combat banging on doors all day to be successful as an agent? No. Does an agent have to do geographical farming? Do you guys do geo farming down there? Mm-hmm. Okay. So does an agent have to do geographical farming and spend thousands of dollars a month on postcards sent to a same neighborhood over and over and over and over again for years to be able to make it in this business? Hell no. All right. Um, does an agent have to wear a name tag every single day wherever they go so they are not the, dubbed as the quote unquote secret agent uh, and nobody knows who they are? Do you have to do you have to make sure that if you're going grocery shopping at nine o'clock at night that damn it, you better have that name tag on or you're missing opportunities and you're not going to be rich? Bullshit. All right. So what about being what about being a good uh, networker. What if, what if like, what if you're kind of like not social, you're, you're a little socially awkward. You're not like the total socialite. You're not the, the Paris Hilton, right? Like going out there and just, you can just get along with everybody right away. Do you have to be like this extroverted socialite person to be incredibly successful in real estate? That's a no. So what the hell is it, Tim? <laughs> what the hell is it? What is it? So, so I want to, I, I think this is really important. And I think we could, we could jump into your, I'm making you come back one day for ramble. In fact, I'm just going to make you come back all the time for rambles. But in this interview, I want to talk a little bit about um, the specific behind, like, what is your mm, goal? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Tell me, what is it that you do yeah. that makes you stand out what is it? Yeah. So what makes me stand out is that is one day when, well, when I first got into real estate and I kind of already knew this, um, a, an, Australian, an Australian real estate trainer said to me when I was at one of his um, conferences, he took me aside and said, Tim, you don't have to be the best agent in the world. What you do have to be is the best marketer. And it was like, and, and I'd already proven that because I'd, I'd, I'd experienced success through marketing the salon because I'd discovered re- direct response marketing and copywriting, and which is essentially salesman um, using the written word. So what is it? Salesmanship in the written word, whatever it is. And, um, and so becoming a marketer and understanding the principles of marketing and becoming client and customer centric, which means you take yourself out of the equation, you take yourself out of the story, and if you want reference to this, it's all about the hero's journey. And the hero's journey is what all Hollywood blockbusters are based on, you know, and, and prime case in, case in point is Star Wars, the hero's journey. Luke Skywalker, he's the hero. Um, Yoda is Luke's guide. And it's a journey. I think it's about a nine, seven or nine step journey that he goes through all the trials and tribulations, and he ends up winning at the end, you know, by doing by blowing up the Death Star. So, um, storytelling. So, what I do is I infuse my direct response writing with storytelling, stories that have happened in my life, and everyone's got stories inside of them that they can. So, I'll, you know, I'll write a post or a story. And then I'll put the last two sentences will be about real estate at the end and how I segue my life story into something about real estate so they get an aha moment. 
And is that and focused then, on social media? Is it focused? It's on- all social media, man. Okay, and, so it's and, all social and email. Media. And email, it okay. auto responders, you know, as well. So, okay, um, yep. And um, you know, I pre-write a lot of stuff, and um, and you have to do that. And people, people, agents, the public, a lot of people compliment me on my on my marketing and what I do because it's unique. It's it's uniquely mine, and it's uniquely my story, yeah. which is something AI will never be able to take from you. Yeah, I think it's, you know, one thing I, I, I think is so interesting is that we, I think we abuse automation. I think mm. we abuse the robotics of the world. I agree. That, you know, I, I think that we're doing a great job of automating ourselves uh, right out of business because uh, there's this idea that we, that if we could just set it and forget it, then we're better off. Uh, yeah. and, and the robot will nurture it until it's, it's ready to come back to me. And instead, I, I think that the automation is designed in such a way that, that it's, it's expected to enhance your communication, not replace your, yeah. your yeah. communication. It's supposed to give you a little bit of presence when you're talking to other people so that you can have, buy some time to come back to them. Can you talk a little bit about how, you, how do you leverage automation in between your personal contacts with people? Into your live conversations with people? Um, I don't really. Okay. So, um, so everything I just said, fuck that. Don't, don't. Li- <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, here's the thing, man. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm old school a little bit. I like okay. quality over yeah. quantity, you know? And so, um, everything. So you don't do I a like, lot of automation? No, I don't. No, I don't do okay. a huge amount of automation, mate, because Got I know it. what I feel. I know what I feel like when I'm in somebody else's automation. Yes. And does it have the same value? No, it doesn't. So what would you use an autoresponder for in your business? So an autoresponder typically goes on, you know, a, a, um, a lead magnet or a lead capture page where you're advertising something of value to the home that the homeowner wants. Um, and well, you better hope that they want it. Otherwise <laughs> yeah. you're wasting time and money. Um, and so they enter their contact details, name, First name, last name, email address. That's into a capture form, which is a, which is then sent off to an autoresponder. And when that's triggered, it sends out a series of emails over a certain amount of time. Okay, so that type, so that type of automation, that type of yeah, kind that's of we, fine. Yeah, we would call that uh, a drip campaign. Yes, um, of yeah, so automation drip campaign in that way. So that so that um, brings some validity back to what I was saying. That is mm. a. That is there to kind of enhance and supplement your communication. At what point, though, it, does it become imperative for the human to jump into communication directly with that person and replace the robot? Um, I think all the way through. There's okay. need to be, there's, I mean, people, I don't know, the, you've got old school agents that will talk about touch points. So I'm not really necessarily, necessarily a fan of touch points. However, what I am a fan of is randomly reaching out and going, hey, especially after they sign up. Yeah. After they've signed up, you know, do a little dance, do a little jiggy, make a little love tonight. You know, it's like have, <laughs> yeah. have fun with that and celebrate because you've got a lead, right? But get on the phone if they've, left, if they've submitted their phone number or even just send them an email back going, hey, it's, it's Tim here. Um, I just want to acknowledge you for, you know, for – um, taking up my offer and this is what you can expect 
to get over the next blah 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 if you stay on you know if you stay part of the list and um and and just drop a couple of value bombs in your emails just talk about one thing one one topic Mm -hmm. don't make them um confusing because confusion breeds inactivity yeah it's so funny that you know we for some reason undervalue like true human connection Mm. Mm. and this this crazy pandemic uh this whole COVID 19 thing it's funny because i think for so long everybody was excited about all the robotics and all of the any kind of automation that you could get any kind of ai was great and while the technology still allowed people to connect when when parts of the country or parts of the world were on lockdown it's also interesting to me how quickly as we're coming out of this pandemic people are forgetting the importance of the human connection that w- that they were literally starving for in the middle of it when they couldn't have it and so it's that whole idea of like you know absence makes the heart grow fonder and yeah. we i think we take for granted the the physical touch the the face to face the hugs the whatever now it doesn't mean you to to be successful in real estate you need to go out and like make people uncomfortable and be hugging everybody um, randomly uh, that'd be a weird marketing campaign but my point is is it's it's interesting to me how quickly we go from automation technology and everything set it and forget it we go into this pandemic and people are like oh my gosh I really miss all my friends and I really miss people and I really miss the face to face then we come out of the pandemic and then for some reason we think that all the people that we do uh, business with are totally different than all of the people that we um, that we like and hang out with and have barbecues with and yeah. uh, enjoy having over as friends, right? Like mm-hmm. for some reason we forget when we're transacting and prospecting that the very people we're prospecting with are literally people and they are the same kind of people that we yeah. enjoy having over to our houses or going yeah. out to eat with. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. I don't even have a question. It's just a uh, no, but well, and the other yeah. and I'll add to that too. If you find yourself becoming a different person in their company, then I would suggest having a long hard look at yourself and asking the question why. <laughs> yeah, because you're being inauthentic if you're pretending to be someone else. So let let me go down this path really quick with you on the the copywriting. So you are you have a knack for copywriting. You you found that unfair advantage as, as you stated it, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the, in the spirit of being true to oneself, mm-hmm. I would argue that most people are not great at copywriting. No. So when somebody comes into real estate, in the same context that I asked you, do you have to be great at cold calling to, to be successful in real estate? Does somebody have to be good at copywriting to be great at real estate? I think they need a... They need some sort of framework to be able to um, put their message together succinctly um, using words that have power and words that have the power to influence. And when you discover, so discover is a power, you know, discovery, discover, you know, um, when you discover the right words to that you know to position your message then you can mesmerize see this is another great word mesmerize your reader and persuade them or seduce them 
um, with, um, you know, with what you're saying and elicit a response if you've got a call to action at the end of it. So there's, there's lots. I think, yes, if you can find yourself, if you can spend six months to a year learning the principles of direct response copywriting, I think you will be streets ahead, if you'll excuse the pun. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be streets ahead of your of your of your neighbour. Yeah, I'm sorry, of your um, of the rest of the agents around you. And here's the other thing I was saying. I think well, was I saying it to you the other day? Yes, Maybe. I was. Um, you know how you've got the incumbent agents, you know, who own, you know, own the number one agent who's got the suburb. You know, it's oh. all tight. It's all it's all sewn up. They've got it number one. You know the when I first got into the into the industry, mate. For me, for anybody, for any agent to topple that agent who has that has that suburb all sewn up, you had to outwork them, right? Now you don't have to. You have to outmarket them. Interesting. Leverage. Now, does that mean you have to outmarket them because you have to spend a lot of money, or does that nope. mean you have to outmarket them because your messaging has to be Something Correct. people can resonate on point. With. Yes, yeah. on point. And you will find that the agent, the current incumbent agent who has control over that neighborhood, only has control over it because everybody thinks everybody perceives that agent as the best and as the busiest. All they've done is streamline their process, have got people doing stuff all over the place for them that position them as their logical choice. So you have to go in with a pattern interrupt in some way. Okay. And if you don't know what a pattern interrupt is, it's like, <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's interrupting the pattern of normality, you know, with a, with a month, with a marketing piece. And that could be a picture that could be, you know, whatever words, a headline, something to grab their attention. That's completely the opposite. David, David Ogilvy said, when you're writing into the conversation that's going on in your prospect's mind. What are their fears? What are their concerns? What are their worries? What keeps them awake at night? Address that and you'll get their attention. I like that. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to add to the fact that uh, I know, I know I'm interviewing you, but I want to add a little something because why not? Um, mm. I think that, Mate, you're a mine of information. You got gold sitting there on top of your shoulders. <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't really yeah. don't be uh, don't be don't be taking my gold, people. Uh, no, but look, I, I think that I think it's important what you're saying and what I'm hearing from you is that perhaps copywriting is undervalued by agents. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's under it's underestimated, and um, to to be very candid, actually, I'm I'm literally reading a book right now on copywriting, uh, and uh, and folks, when we say copywriting, we're not talking about like that's copyrighted material. We're talking about copywriting, right. like writing copy, like the art of uh, articulating a message so that it persuades people to take a certain action or yeah. to feel a certain way or to whatever. A um, couple of books I want to show. Oh, yeah, please. So hypnotic that's, writing. Hypnotic writing. That's by um, Joe Vitale. Okay. Every, everybody knows Joe. Yep. And um, this, when you read what's in here, you're like, you can feel yourself being sucked in, man. You know, you can feel yourself in, 
getting engaged with it. And if you notice your own emotions, when you're reading some of these things in here, I'm like, damn, this stuff is shit. It's good. Yeah. You know, really freaking good. So yeah, hypnotic writing, how to seduce and persuade customers with only your words. I mean, that's and you don't, and by the way, with only your words, but you, it, it is not a prerequisite to have an accent either. So it is, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I tell you a quick, quick, um, quick interlude. Yeah. I've been up to the States a number of times. Right. And, um, every time I go into a bar or a restaurant and I start talking, it's funny, you know, um, everybody looks around. It's like, who is that guy with that accent? Where's he coming from? What's he doing here? And you almost, you almost become a celebrity, mate. Oh it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. bloody, it's bloody awesome. <laughs> yeah. I have to leave the room when we talk because my wife is like, he's like, oh, is, that, is that Tim again? I'm like, get these, babe, stop, please <laughs> put him on speaker, put him on speaker. I'm like, no, just stop. The um, second book, the second book is called the ad week copywriting handbook. All right. The ad week copywriting handbook. Who's that by? This is by Joseph Sugarman. Now, Joe Sugarman was responsible for the blue blocker sunglasses. Okay. All right. You remember the blue blockers back in the day? Nope. Now you're probably too young, mate. So anyway, this is a collection of his, um, this is the ultimate guide to writing powerful advertising and marketing copy from one of America's top copywriters. All right. Joe Sugarman is a freaking legend, man. Lives in Hawaii and um, has sold, he had a direct response, you know, direct mail company used to say, so get this direct mail. Every, when you send out 20,000 letters to 20,000 people or, or homes, that letter is, is your salesperson. Oh, yeah. You know? So what happens is that Joe Sugarman, he probably threw something inside the envelope with what he was trying to sell, creating lumpy mail, creates interest, probably made it a different color than your normal white, so it got noticed. People open it up, so it's got a high open rate for a start, which beats email, you know. Oh yeah. And then, and then, and then you put something in, interesting in the in the in the in the envelope and talk about that and create a story around that and give them a solid reason why they should buy what you're selling. Reason why advertising is an old PDF that I found a long time ago. And you can find it online. And by the way, I think you can find this book as a PDF online as well, free. Oh, okay. All right. And, um, but reason why advertising is a PDF that's available far and wide that everybody should read. It was written in the 19, early 1900s on marketing and advertising. It's pretty awesome. So, I think that it's important, I, and and kind of going back to what I was saying is, I think it's I think that copywriting is is undervalued. I don't think that most people understand, and and most agents, uh, not just agents, but most independent contractors or or in you know business owners, I don't think they that most people understand how imperative copywriting is, and not just in the form of the written word, but being able to actually properly articulate your messages and. And uh, and and structure your your sentences and your messages appropriately. But and here's the and oh, here's yeah, the ahead. rub. And here's the rub. Sorry, man. Um, just while I think about it, um, 
you want to keep your writing simple. It doesn't, you don't have to yeah. use big words, you know? It's like fifth grade. But I but I wanna I wanna make sure that it's very clear that our listeners understand that even though it's undervalued, it doesn't mean that being great at it is required to be successful as an agent. It may make no. you better. It may yeah. help you. It may, if you're feeling stuck, it may actually take you to the next level. It may be your growth package, if you will. But no specific strategy is independently required for you to be good at so that you can be successful. And one thing that I I got from Tim right away when when we first met, when we first started talking was how unapologetically you were to be you. And I yeah. think that's so important. And if if there's kind of one of the messages I got from you, not just today so far, but like just in general, in, in the way that you carry yourself and in the way that we had a chance to talk uh, a few days back. I mean, I just feel like so many people are uncomfortable trying to be somebody else. And then they blame that on why they're not successful because there's this whole saying called fake it till you make it. Make it. And I kind of feel like, man, if you suck at copywriting, then start thinking about how you're talking. How do you just talk to other people as a person? Cool. Put that on paper first. That's the first step. Just be who you are. And if you're, if you're a beast on the phones, then go be even more beastly on the phones. And if you're a, a beastly copywriter, then go do that to like the nth degree and be amazing at it. But I think- Honor who you are. Yeah. And, and it comes back to exactly that, Tim, is honor who you are. So I, I want to I take us down a, a quick path because we'll run out of time before I know it. But what it, mm. tell me, tell, let's go down that route a little bit. So honor who you are. What advice can you give to our listeners about helping them identify how to honor who they are with their marketing? In other words, if, you're, if they don't feel like they're a great copywriter, how would they know that or not know that? If they don't feel like, like, how does somebody come to the conclusion that like writing is their forte or they should be on the phones? What advice do you have to somebody who doesn't have the experience in sales or any of that to really say, this is how you can figure out what you should be doing for marketing? Mm, okay. Um, so if you're in business and agents are in business for themselves, you have to be able to define your message and your story. And that should be unique to who you are and, and what you represent because no one else can take that from you. That's, it's uniquely yours. And so I think that that is imperative. Finding the, the media or the avenue in which you want to convey that message is entirely up to you. I like writing. I do video. I do great videos uh, for my clients' properties, but I don't do necessarily do much video to support myself or promote myself. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm not interested in door knocking. I'm not interested in cold calling. I'm not interested in and doing follow-up calls, you know? And is I'm, that just something you feel? So when you feel that, you know, that's not for you? It's, yes, it's not for me. Do you know why? Because when I was doing it back when I first started as an agent, and I was told to do it. 
I was really uncomfortable about doing it. And then, and then I discovered why I had not given anybody, not given anybody's anybody any value up front. Yet I was mm. on their doorstep asking to, for their, for their property to sell, to sell. Yeah. I mean, why should they give it to me? I've not given them anything. So I was basically wanting something for nothing. And you know what, what you just said, I, I think is, is I, I want to take pause for a moment. We're not just in those cases asking most of the time for something for nothing. But I think that I, I would argue, maybe you can comment further on this, but I would argue as real estate agents, we, we want all, the, we want all the, the love and the money and everything that comes with the industry and comes with the size of the property and the size of the sales that we're going to get done. But I think a lot of times as, as a whole, as, a, as an industry average, perhaps we don't fully comprehend or perhaps respect the size of the transactions and the magnitude that, that these sales and purchases have on our clientele. In other words, we need to remember that real estate is typically the single biggest investment that in transaction that people participate in in their life. And we just think that sometimes banging on a door is like, well, what are you talking about? I, that was the best knock I've ever made. And you wouldn't give me your sale. How dare you? You know, like, do you feel, um, do you feel that there's too much entitlement in this business? Um, I think we could replace the word entitlement with ignorance. Hmm. Expand on that one. So I think entitlement comes from ignorance, a lack of mindfulness, a lack of empathy for others. Empathy. And, yeah. And um, a lack of understanding the other person in front of you and putting them first before you know, putting, putting their wants and needs first before your own. And which, which if you can do that as an agent, you'll eliminate so many conflicts of interest in this industry and you'll be looked upon as a decent, fair and honest person. And you'll get a reputation that precedes you. Yeah. Empathy is a huge one. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, I think some of that comes with experience. Uh, so for our listeners who are brand new, uh, you know, walk, walk a humble path. Uh, first of all, <laughs> you know, like don't, don't go in feeling like, you know, everything. Um, but also, you know, respect, respect that the journey that everybody's going on is different. Uh, there's no two clients that are alike. I always like to say, if your entire job, if you could actually make a sustainable living off of this and your entire job was you were assigned a house, and that was the one house that you got to, to help people buy and sell over and over and over again and, until you died. That was, that was your job. And you got to make enough money to support your family, live happily, be wealthy, whatever it is. Like, it's all good. You have everything you ever want. Your only job was to help people buy and sell that house over and over. It's the same house. It's the same exact mm. house. Hell, sometimes it yeah. might even sell for the same damn price. But yeah. I promise you that there are no two transactions that would be the same in any way, no. shape, or form. No. Because people buy and sell for different reasons and they yeah, buy man. and sell under different life circumstances and yeah. their positions are different, right? So and, empathy. And yes. Yeah. Major, major. Yeah. And you, you'd nailed it there, mate. You cannot pick from transaction to transaction what the outcome's going to be. Man, there are so many moving parts to this industry and to yeah. this game. 
<laughs> there is, there's no way. There's no, what you think is going to happen, the opposite would probably happen. So I watch this segue. This is going to be really rough. Um, mm. So Tim, you sound like the kind of agent who wants to change the business. Um, let's talk <laughs> a little bit about agent of change. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't started talking about that, mate. Um, so um, I, I'm, I was fed up after about five and a half years of the industry here. And because their sharks agents are here are shafting the public by with excessive fees and also shitty service and um, and just not giving a rat's ass about their client. And the public's been filthy on real estate agents for years here, since the 70s and 80s. And as a marketing man, I knew that, you know, that was a major pain point. You know, the very people who are trying to help them sell their house are the very, are the, is the biggest problem that they have in selling their house. You know, so I decided, you know, I didn't want to stay in the industry anymore. And I said, I'm just going to, I'm going to write what I'm going to say. I'm going to say my piece, man, before I leave. So uh -oh, I wrote. It's like a Jerry Maguire coming up here. Uh, well, it's, it's, it was exactly Jerry Maguire. Pretty much. I wrote a number of different posts, published them on social media, Facebook and LinkedIn. And all of a sudden, I was like, I had all of this attention. The public came out of their shells and went and said, oh, my God. Oh, my. Hallelujah, brothers. Finally, somebody gets it. You know, and they're and an agent, no less, who's publishing the truth about how we all fucking feel and yeah. how we're fed up. <laughs> and so, and so, it also earned the attention of um, my boss. I was working for Harcourts at the time here on the North Shore in Auckland, and I got called into the head office, and I knew what was coming, and I uh -oh. went in there and I and I and I fucking schooled them on how the industry should be, and and they had no answer for me. I, and Martin, the, 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 the boss of the company, I'll give you um, um, a quick thing. The boss of the company said, Tim, I've got, I've got agents calling me really pissed off. They're doing listing agreements, but they've got homeowners who've read your shit online and they're asking for fee discounts, commission discounts. Oh, man. And I'm going, well, isn't that the fucking awesome thing? Because, <laughs> because if your agents are going to charge $40,000, $70,000 worth in fees, they better be damn sure that they can demonstrate forty, fifty, sixty, yeah. seventy thousand dollars worth of value. I agree with you. Yeah, and and if they can't, you should ask for a discount. Every homeowner should. How do Tim? How do you feel about so? There's there's no standard, if you will, commission. Right. It's all mm -hmm. negotiable. That's that's yeah. the bullshit that we're told. Yeah. But let's be honest. I mean, in every area, whether whether people like to acknowledge it or not, there's the there's a perception of what an agent would deem as uh, what they would expect. Right. That deem yep. as their own standard of, of value. Yeah. How. I'm a that's believer. Entitlement. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. I'm a believer that uh, that. You know, every business so there, there, there's no such thing as discounting because in in mm. in a sense we all just choose to operate our businesses a certain way. And and some people who quote unquote discount uh, also 
are making as much, if not more than somebody who doesn't discount because they just know their margins and they operate more efficiently and effectively or whatever. Mm -hmm. So do you think that there's a specific value that an agent has, or do you think it's more just that the agent doesn't know how to deliver the value for what they're asking? Yes. I think, I think agents by and large have no idea what value is and how, mm. and even how to demonstrate it. And um, it was funny. I was out having my car service yesterday and I was talking to the salesperson there who sold me the car. And we were talking about value, you know, because he wants to be a real estate agent, funnily enough. And, um, and I told, I said to him first, I said, if you, Here's, here's the thing about value. If you can't understand your own value and what you offer to the world, you're not going to be able to demonstrate anybody else's. It's like loving yourself first, right? You have to love yourself first before you can love somebody else. And um, so I've traveled 54 years on the planet. I've learned some good shit along the way. And I can help people with what I've learned on a personal level And I've got all of that listed, you know, the stuff that I've done, the courses that I've attended, the ongoing education that I've had, and how that's impacted my clients' lives. And that's value. You know, um, um, how, when you go to a person's home and start talking to them about the process of, of selling their home and asking questions, like questions, what what's your current situation and what would you like it to be? Mm. It's like, where are you now and where are you going? So it's helping people escape and arrive. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I think, I think a lot of agents uh, jump into this industry and they've, they've already heard from somebody else. I mean, it's no big secret. You know, the, the general public on average kind of knows what an agent may or may not make on a transaction. And, um, it's interesting because I, I had asked this question not too long ago uh, to an agent I was mentoring. And I said, hey, so you, let's assume for a moment that your mind was erased you, of, of any understanding of commission and value. And you came into this industry with all the knowledge you have from real estate school and you're going to go as a brand new agent, go pitch to somebody and they, they give you the listing. How would you arrive at what you think you should be charging them? And they were like, well, obviously. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't get the context of of the commission that you think you understand now. What so how it, so back into it. You're going to give me your listing presentation and you're going to tell me all the things that you do and then you're a business person, you want to make a certain margin, you want to make a certain amount of money, you you understand the cost of you know, uh, client acquisition costs, you understand how much it, it, it's going to cost you to bring that listing to market. All those things taken into account. How do you back yourself into the number? And they couldn't figure it out. And, no. and by the way, for those of you listening, I couldn't figure it out either at the beginning of all this, right? So I've had to evaluate my own business to be able to answer that question because mm. I started having that same question that you did, Tim. How the hell are we establishing value and why am I worth it? You know, somebody calls into question, well, why did you do that listing for so much and that listing for so little? And I was like, well, because they were totally different circumstances and I know what my margins are now, but I took that opportunity to understand what my baseline is. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know what, what running 
uh, profitable, what breaking even versus running profitable versus negative is. Right. And now I know where my lines are because I, I get that. And, and, you know, it's interesting, all the training quote unquote <laughs> that brokerages do these days, they don't teach that stuff. Why? No, I, I don't know. Maybe don't we know, should man. start teaching that. I haven't even thought well, about it. Well, yeah, well, well, because I don't think they understand it themselves because yeah. they are, they are the incumbents. Yeah. They are the fat cats sitting at the top and they're smug. They just, they, it's like the network marketing industry, the real estate industry. Mm. They've got, you know, they, the fastest way for you to get a product to market is for, is to have people go out manually and collect business. That's the fastest way. Yeah. Right. And so that's what they want you to do in network marketing. That's what they want you to do in real estate with a whole lot of BS old school techniques that don't leverage your time and money. So how is agent of change? What? So tell me about yeah, the company. Sorry. It's not yeah. a brokerage. No, it's not, but it's a brand. So okay. um, I'm, and here in New Zealand, I don't, I can't, I don't have a brokerage license or an agency okay. license. So I so, need one of those. So just to clarify, Yep. From the agent perspective is where mm -hmm. you're coming from with everything you're doing now, but yep. you have ejected from the industry as an agent and now you have no, I'm started. Still, I'm still working with as an agent until okay. the, the end of the year. Um, but, but let me tell you, yeah. So I'll go back to the story about, you know, cause I got fired obviously by Harcourts. My, my the community was, they were so much. And, and, and there's a, that's a really valuable marketing point there. I, I was polarizing in what I mm. did. All right. So instead of being on the side of the agent, I totally, I was like a double agent. I flipped and went onto the side of the homeowner. Love it. The, the, I love homeowner, it. the homeowner was like, damn, this kid's on my side. I'm calling him to sell my house because I established instant trust and credibility by being polarizing, addressing the public's pain points. All right. And so, um, and so I created, I, the community said, you've got to start your own ethical brand of real estate. And I'm going, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I said, I have no interest in it. And they're going, well, you have to. So I went, oh, okay, okay, okay. I went, I'm, mate, I'm so fucking glad I did because it's been a ride. The last 18 months, I've not, as I said, haven't had to make one outbound call for business. People just call me and go, Tim, can you list my house, please? Um, because I've established instant trust, credibility, and authority up front by impacting my audience and my community, which then makes me a person of value who's able to influence a larger slice of the pie. I love it. Simple. Hard so, to do. Simple concept. Yeah, hard. Yeah, it's easier said than done. But I, yeah. but I think some of it is because we have to break down the internal, mm. you know, foundation that, that was not necessarily set up properly to begin with. Right. We almost yeah. have to go back, you know, you know, they, what's the thing. It's like, you can break a bone and sometimes if it goes too long without attention, they actually have to go, it starts to heal go back and break properly it. set it. They got to mm. go re-break it yeah. so that it set it properly. And sometimes yeah. I think that's what we have to do with real estate or, or just any entrepreneur has to do this. Right. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm not necessarily saying real estate agents are entrepreneurs, but just any entrepreneur 
self, uh, independent contractor, self-employed person, sometimes you have to go back and reset a little bit to, to get it done. I, I think this is very interesting. So, so does, so what does agent of change do? Is it, is it designed it's, to help the agent recalibrate and to do that reset? Yeah. So agent of change. So I've, I've established the brand because I want to, I ended up creating an ethical and moral brand with agent of change. Um, and the, the, the words agent of change um, reflected what I wanted to achieve, what it stood for as an agent of change. You know, they are outspoken people who um, have no problem disrupting a community. And that's me. And, but the thing's made, I did it for the right reasons. If you do it just for the sake of being annoying, People are going to spot that shit a mile away. You have to find something that's or a topic that's of value to people, who what they're pissed off about, and then take a stand with them, and then publicly do that and watch people flock to you. Yeah, that's a big tip there. I think that is a that's golden nugget, mm. big time. Yeah, because what do they say? If you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and so that was a big lesson for me, doing what I did and generating the income that I have from that. But now it's time for me to leave, you know, sales, and teach people what I've learned and what I know. Because, man, I've got a major mind of marketing mayhem <laughs> in my head. You know, yeah. I, and I and I, I want to share it. Uh, I mean, first of all, congratulations on on this. And, and second, I mean, I'm I'm just so proud that a, a fellow, uh, you know, industry man would, you know, make that make that leap. I think there's not enough people in today's world for a variety of reasons, whether, uh, you know, whether it's the politics of the uh, the associations, the politics of the institutions that uh, that, you know, that carry our license. Um you know, whatever it is, uh, there's, there's a lot of people afraid to speak up and, and look, not everyone is, not everyone's destined to, you know, to pick up that pitchfork, if you will, and, and, uh, fight that fight or, or, or maybe poke the pair, the bear and be the one to, to start it. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, I'm very impressed about the fact that you, you've just said, you know what, I, I can't, I can't stand, I can't stand for not standing anymore. And I yeah, gotta, I don't I gotta tolerate do bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Because we tell ourselves stories and lies all day long. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm guilty of it with some of my responsibilities, you know. But, you know, you've got to learn to be able to spot that shit. And because if you can come from a place of integrity and in the age of integrity, I, I keep saying to people, we're entering the age of integrity. People are looking at me going, Fuck, really? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you know, and um, it's actually a thing. Um, I can't remember the book it comes from, but it's, it's, it's significant. Um, Jeff, have you noticed I haven't talked about money or commission yeah. in, our, in our time here? Because I don't, I don't give a fuck about it. I've actually, I, I, I focus on helping people get what they want. Yeah. Then I'll get what I want. You know, it's like do the thing and you shall have the power. 
Yeah. I tell people, you know, if, if you protect your client's best interest first, then everybody wins in the end. Yeah, mate. You know, the money will come. You're just not, let's not focus on a five figure check. Oh, then I always, I always get the jackass from the back of the room who goes, well, what if you're doing something illegal? And I'm like, okay, obviously not talking about doing something illegal, you dill hole. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about just protecting, to use your word, the integrity uh, of, of this industry and, and protecting the wills and desires and the journey that that client is on doing what's best for them first, because sometimes the best thing for them is talking them out of the deal and taking a little bit more of your time to close them on something else and maybe whatever, but I'm a believer. It all averages out in the end. And, you know, I, I just think that when we take care of, of our fellow human, um, it, it is, it is the best marketing piece on the face of the earth. And that's, that's obviously what you stand for and what, what agent of change is, is proliferating. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, yeah, I'm going to, yeah. Agent of agents of change global. I'm writing a book about my journey. Um, and within that book, I'm going to, I've, I've, I've found a way that I can help agents get instant trust and credibility by leveraging what I've done in their own community. And, and so that's going to be a pretty valuable formula for any real estate agent, particularly new and unknown agents, rookies, mm-hmm. rookies, rookie agents who want to establish themselves quickly and I've got a way that they can do that and a way that I can help them. So I have two last questions for you. Go. The first one is, where can I find that thing that you wrote that everyone got all fired up and pissed off about? Is that still published? Um, yes. So if you... Will you send you me the re- link? I want to post this with the podcast. Can I do that? Can everyone read it? Yeah, so I'll I'll send you a bunch of articles that I wrote. Okay, all right, done. Yeah, I would um, love, I would love, love, love that. And then it'll be the, uh, then we can, then we can uh, have everyone hear this interview, but then also be like, oh man, I want more of Tim. I want to go check out what he wrote. I'll also send you the, um, um, the the Facebook posts and all of the comments as a PDF. All right. Oh, that would be so amazing. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Well, I'm going to love that. And then here's my second question. Um, And, you know, you can go through this one day at a time or just give me the bird's eye. But I want you to imagine, and and before I ask this, you're coming back and we're going to talk for hours about a bajillion things because I feel like I've been over here making notes and jotting things down. Like, oh, we're going to have another session about that. Yeah. Talk about that. There's seven beers in this topic right here. There's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, Um, mate. 100%. 100%. So, Keen as mustard. <laughs> so, my, uh, so my last question is this. In, if you were staying in as an agent and you were like, you have the context and the background and the, all the lessons, every deal that you've ever closed, you get to keep all the, the memories and the knowledge and the wisdom and everything. But you're picked up and you're transplanted into another Another planet just like ours, everything's the same. I'm going to give you room and board. I'm going to give you a laptop. I'm going to, you're covered. You got an internet connection and a phone, but you know nobody. 
You know zero people. You have everything you need to live your life and be comfortable and to serve clients and to start your real estate business from scratch. I'm going to give you $1,000 with it to get kick off your marketing and whatever else you need to do aside from your living expenses. What does your first 30 days look like? Your first 30 days look like finding what's find out what's going on in the community. Find out, find out what problems that they have. Find out who the, who your community leaders are. Um, and find, find the topics or the pain points of what the public are experiencing and take a stand with them and have a voice for them because you're in the public eye. You have a voice, use it, use it on their behalf and don't expect anything in return. Give, give without expecting to receive. And if you do that and you do it with authenticity, people are going to flock to you all day long and go, you know what? I, I saw what you did um, a couple of months ago when, you know, when you were at the school and you were trying to help get the playground sorted or whatever, you know, these kids, they've had it rough for so long. And you, you came along and just helped us some fundraising. You had a couple of ideas, rah, 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 rah. Um, thank you. Come and, can you come talk to me about selling my house? Another thing that you could do is pick up your phone, walk into, one, walk into a local business and go, um, I've created a community Facebook page and I'm showcasing all of the local businesses. How would you like to, you know, to, for me to interview you for 90 seconds, asking you what you do, not only what you do and how you do it, but why you do it. Love it. Community leader. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, by doing that, the residual of that is, you know, you're out in the community. People are seeing you. We're something bright. You know, we're something that rocks. We're something that says I'm here and I'm it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, um, and yeah, if you come from a place of giving, you know, that's, that's a powerful spot. And mate, I know that sounds trite and we've all heard it before, but I can tell you with absolute certainty that if you make a contribution to somebody's life, it's coming back to you somehow. Um, it, it, that's just the way it is. And I've seen it happen time and time again. Absolutely. You know, every, you know, there was a couple of years there where I, mate, I was a prepper for a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know a couple. Yeah. And so, and then I got my shit together and I thought, what the fuck are you doing, Timbo? It's like, you know, there's only 5 million people live here. And, and frankly, there's nothing's going to happen down here. I don't think, unless it's a bloody tidal wave or or a massive earthquake, and they're all fucked anyway. But like, um, I gave away. I, I had bins in my garage stacked to the ceiling of all of this food and what have you. And so every for two Christmases, mate, I cut it in half. I said, this Christmas, that's going to the Auckland Mission, City Mission. And then, and then the next year, I'll take the other half. And mate, A, it felt really freaking awesome. 
just to give it away. Yep. And B, the opportunities that came to me out of the blue from doing diddly um, in terms of listings and real estate was yeah. mind blowing. And I attribute it to, to that because I didn't have an expectation of return. You know, it was just like happy, Merry Christmas. And I hope you guys eat well this, this year. So giving, 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 giving without the expectation of receiving in your first 30 days, kicking off a new business, you would just give uh, relentlessly and um, enforce oh, right. goodness and, and, upon people. Yeah, and because it's stacked with kindness. You know, yeah. random acts of kindness is, is a good thing to do. Amen to that. Mm. Well, I consider today uh, a planned act of kindness, but one that uh, that does not go unnoticed. And I'm I'm so I'm so damn grateful that uh, that I came across your your comments and and thank you. Uh, in addition to that, for um, uh, for the humor, and uh, I've enjoyed seeing some of your other comments and some of the comments on those comments. You've uh, you ruffle feathers, Tim. <laughs> You ruffle feathers, but you do it in a in a way that that I love, and it's uh, it's very honest. It's unapologetically honest, and it's not. I think I think sometimes guys like us get misunderstood that people think that we're not coming yeah. from that place of love, and it's no. like no, no, no. I'm just coming from that place of uh, authenticity. Yeah, and, um, being and, real. And with you. As long as your intention is in the right place, yeah. Um, I, I don't think you've got anything to worry about, and that's because I've certainly got my haters over here in this industry. <laughs> And but my heart's in the right place. I'm doing it for the right reasons because I'm not serving myself or the industry. I'm serving my client. Amen to that. All right. So final final words, and then we're going to part uh, for today. Um, but what uh, what any anything that we left open or didn't close the loop on, or anything that you just randomly are like, damn, this came to mind, and I got to spit it out. Give me some uh, closing thoughts. I think um, for anybody who's listening. Go write down what your value is to your community, to your family, to, um, to, your, to whoever. Ask, ask, ask your friends, ask three friends, what do you think is the most valuable thing about me? Find out what your value is and add it to a listing presentation that just asks questions and doesn't tell anything. It just asks questions. Because the you'll find that the answers are in the questions. I love it. I love it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Webb and Tim, thanks again for being here today. Thanks, brother. Um, it, it, truly, truly authentic. Um, a spirit of giving, a spirit of being uh, who you are, relentlessly who you are, mm. and um, and being comfortable in the discomfort sometimes that comes with just being who you are and finding. Yeah finding what works best and how you can uh, be the, not, not just the best agent, but just be the best person by being, by being who you are. I mean, unless you're a criminal and you're a jerk, but that's, you know, you wouldn't have your license anyway. So screw you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, nah, so that, that was by the way, for the guy in the back row, who's like, unless it's illegal, <laughs> um, but uh, no, but listen, uh, it's been great to have you here. We're going to, we're going to get Tim back for ramble for sure. Uh, we may have uh, secretly spoken about that before, because I think Tim and I have like, you know, nine days of straight talking worth of topics to unravel. And uh, there's I, the liquor store keeps bringing beer and somebody's got to drink it. So I'm probably going to have to do that. But uh, 
Thanks again. Super grateful. Um, for our reroute listeners, please remember that uh, we've got access to tons of great resources uh, and not all of them cost you a damn penny. So head over to rerod.com. I'm going to be uh, not only posting, you can, uh, well, you're already listening to this, but if you're not listening to this directly through rerod.com, then you'll be able to actually go to uh, to our show notes on reroll. You'll be able to get those links to anything that Tim wants to send over. Uh, Tim, I forgot to ask you really quick, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, would you like, I'll, I'll go ahead and put that on the website as well. So that, yeah, folks, that's cool, man. Thank you. In touch. Yep. Um, email Tim at agent of change.co.nz. And, um, if you want to give me a call, feel free to do that. It's plus six, four, two, seven, two, five, four, double, six, one, six. Standard voice and text messaging rates may apply. And uh, so ah. will the, <laughs> and so all the international charges. Um, yeah. Hey guys, but yeah, so head on over to rerod.com. Any, uh, anything that Tim and I talked about today, I will also include links to the books uh, that Tim mentioned so that you guys can check those out as well. If there's anybody interested in those um, super appreciative of all the, uh, the value bombs that you dropped today. And uh, you know, the, the last thing that I have to say is really simple. Real agents work. Make sure you're one of them. Yes. But real agents ask questions, and I would invite all of your listeners to actually tell me um, what their biggest issue is in real estate right now, and tell oh, you I as like well. That. Yeah. All right, I like that. So put Tim and I on an email. Yeah. Put Tim and I on an email. You got my emails, James at reraw.com. and uh, put Tim and I on an email and tell us what your uh, tell us what your biggest struggle. Say it one more time, Tim. Tell us your... Tell us what your biggest issues and pain points are with real estate and building your own business. So, you know, what are your biggest challenges? What do you think is your biggest challenge in getting from where you are now to where you want to be? Perfect. All right. Yep. So let's do that. And then uh, we'll, uh, we'll get some replies back to you folks. Thanks for uh, tuning in. We'll see you on the next one.